Would everybody rise for the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We'll call meeting to order. Roll call. Kent Mayor, what's your Yes. Frank. Yes. Spenkin. Yes. Boltman. Yep. Beckman. Yes. Muller. Yes. Anybody for public forum? Okay, we'll move on to consent agenda. Any questions or corrections? No. No, no. Motion to approve. Second. I'll second. Roll call. Boltman. Yep. Spenkin. Yep. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. City Administrator Report. A few things here. First of all, I just wanted to discuss that budget timeline that was in your packet. So, get your thoughts on that. And that's uh, on page five. That our, our budget process really starts uh, in earnest at the next City Council meeting. We'll hear from the department heads about their, their uh, departmental needs assessments. And from that, we'd uh, begin to work on capital improvements plan. And that, that first meeting in January, we continue to work on that capital improvement plan. Note that the date of that meeting is Tuesday because uh, the holiday here is, is on Monday, January 2nd. Okay, so we do propose to have a, a special meeting then on a uh, goal setting session then on the 9th. There's, would everybody be on board to, uh, to do that again? Yes. Yep. Okay. The 16th, uh, we would hear from uh, budget requests from, from the committees and work on some property tax issues. And already by the 16th, the, the council is establishing that maximum property tax dollars and setting that property uh, tax dollar hearing date. So uh, that has to, has to come along real quick. Okay? And figured that we would have a uh, special meeting on the, the 23rd to, rem to review a draft of the budget. and. And by that time, uh, most of the budget work is done. It all kind of gets shoved into about one month. We would uh, then have, on the 6th, you'd be able to uh, review that, uh, the budget one more time and then go ahead and set public hearing dates. And then on March 6th, then we would hold those public hearing dates and approve the budget. And see that note there that there are five Mondays in January. So uh, if we needed to and needed some additional work, we could add another uh, meeting for that fifth Monday in January. Anybody's thoughts on this? It would be the same process that we used last year. Um, your thoughts? All right. Um, a couple things then. A couple things that were listed in, in the council memo. First of all, about Larry Hauser. Uh, Larry's gonna gonna blow snow for us, but only up until the 15th of January. And, and a couple things: his uh, insurance expires at that time, and he does not intend to to renew his insurance. He would be done commercially blowing snow, and then also Larry has desires to go south for for some part of the winter. So uh, after January 15th, we'll be uh, back to kind of the traditional method of, of loading with the with backhoe. Uh, I also put in the uh, in the memo there that note about the the canine vest and the uh, and the grant so our reserve officer Kane 
as a canine. Okay, and this canine was was awarded a grant for a vest. And then it just happened very shortly thereafter that that specific uh, canine, I think, has some some medical issues, get retired from the police work side of things. So. Uh, what the police department does propose is that they go ahead and apply for for another grant to fund this dog. So um, the police department would, would be the applicant, but the uh, any of the match as well as any any of the ownership cost and everything that all lies with Kane, because it would still continue to be Kane's personal dog. The city has the liability insurance that's associated with that, but that's it. Now, we have no property insurance on that. I um, wanted to point out uh, this um, proposal here that was was uh, at your seat, and, and sorry that, uh, that Dale and Tammy can't see this. I can get this to you. It, it is a, uh, a proposal from, from ACO. It's a second proposal about the media at the, uh, at the water plant. And bring this to your attention because I know we've had lots of discussion about replacing the media in the nitrate filters. The, but the question has then arose, would it, would it be prudent to replace the media in the, uh, in the iron filters then while we're doing the same thing? Um, we had a, a nice long talk with, uh, with Bob Veenstra and you know, basically if, if we would have the opportunity to, to replace them both at the same time, that, that could be positive. And then you can see from, from this uh, report that ACO had taken the, uh, the media samples and you can, you can really see what that looks like. But um, not proposing any, any action, of course, on this tonight, but I would intend to, to put that on the agenda then in a couple weeks here and we'll, we'll make some decisions about what we want to do with, uh, with that filter media replacement. <coughs> okay, how long does that take to, to tear down? Yeah. So on uh, the nitrate filters, like uh, Jerry from Critico said, what they'll do is they'll keep one filter in service so that we can keep treating for nitrates, and then they'll just uh, change out the media in the one filter, get it back up and running, and then go ahead and do the other one at that time. And time frame? Uh, Dick, Jerry said it could be two weeks because he's got the media. He can get it right now, but that could all change in a month or whenever the decision is made uh, to get the media. Uh, ACO said it'd be up to a month before they could get the media. But then the crew go had 40000 down, right? And that, that was to do the, uh, uh, the nitrate filter. filter. Right. You know, and we, and they want we'll get a, uh, a proposal back from them on the, <coughs> on the yeah. iron filter then too and, and see which way we want to go to do one or to do both. This is highway robbery for these guys. It's a strong plan. Is that what I meant? Yeah. <laughs> Dean, Dean's list. Oh, it's going to be short because we are going to uh, be removing trees uh, for the public works. Um, and then if we get the day we... Uh, are done with trees for a while. Uh, we're going to be replacing the doors at the water plant. We have them on hand. Uh, we're going to be fixing we've got four or five water meters that need to be uh, fixed that we're going to work on. Uh, electric side, we'll be trimming trees in the country. 
um, and then helping us with trees in town when we need them, when we need the bucket truck. And that's our, our the next two weeks. How did you come on your last list? Everything checked off? I Everything. We're still working on the one, uh, the tile in between the shop. Everything else is pretty much done. The manhole rings did not work, so I got to call them and get them to either make some new ones or, or refund us the money because they, they did not fit. But we did get the uh, uh, swept streets for the last time. It got too cold right now. Christmas lights are up. Um, are you putting that street sweeper back inside this year? Uh, has, it, has it caused any issues being outside? No. I mean, you drain no, it all it, and it sits outside because um, we don't have the room with the backhoe and the three dump trucks that we have to have in there. And then we have the jetter in there. We've got the pickups in there, the fire trucks in there. So we're we're packed in there pretty good. In the public court side and and in the in the electric side. Yeah, so the other building's pretty much packed in too. Because I, I got to get the main cane in there as well, so that puts us a little pack in there. Okay. Just a just a couple other things here would be uh, next Monday that we will have our meeting with the fire department and the township trustees. So there's a packet for that meeting. Meeting was at your desk today, and then. Dale and Tammy, I've got packets here, but I can go ahead and email, email those out to you also. But uh, So that would be at 7 o'clock at the fire station next Monday. And so this will be the general um, review of departmental uh, finances and, and uh, their budget request then for next year, but it will have a lot to do with their request to, uh, to purchase a new fire bus. So they've been working on that, and they'll have a lot of information then to... Uh, to present to everybody next Monday. Sac County League meeting is, uh, is this Thursday. It's up at Cattleman's. It's the annual Christmas auction then. Anybody able to go up to Cattleman's on Thursday? That was a yes, way? No. No? No. I'm going to some show. I don't know what. <laughs> Tammy or Dale, would you folks be around on Thursday? I, I have another appointment on Thursday evening. I can't, can't make that. Okay. I'm not sure, Scott. I'll be back in another Thursday. That's on Tuesday, whatever we do. Okay. All righty. And really, that's it. A couple vacation days this week for me on Thursday and Friday. And then Kay will be gone all, all week next week. So I'll be in the office here um, as Kay is out cruising. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Okay, there's an issue with social media presence for the city. It's the issue had been had been brought up and I know Dave had some um, comments on that. I'd just like to have some discussion amongst the council whether you know we got um, a community club Facebook page and we got an official city government Lakeview page. Um, I had some comments over the weekend, or was it last weekend, about um, personal things being on the uh, city government web, uh, Facebook page. Um, and I've been thinking about this for, 
you know, since then that our city government <coughs> Facebook page should just be for city matters, in my mind. Um, the community club Facebook page could be for promotion or whatever, but um, I would like to see the um, city government Facebook page be handled in-house because we, we could put a lot of things on there like the burning of the dump, uh, for example, um, any announcements that we have going on, um, you know, whether it be electric or water or whatever, um, can be done right away. Um, but, you know, I had a few negative comments on that um, page over over that period of time. And, um, because it is a city official page, I just think that it should be run by it. So who would, who would you suggest? You, you think it came? <coughs> oh, okay. yeah. I mean, it only takes a few minutes. How do you know it's a city official page? I didn't know you had Because one. it says that on the Facebook page. There isn't a city official no, page. No, there isn't one. No. Okay, if you go to Facebook page, the city of Lakeview, I'll bring it up right now. It comes up city government. That That's how you it designate says, it. Because it is a city. Facebook names their own. They do their own thing. Mm -hmm. They change how it's named. The official page of Lakeview and Blackhawk Lake, Iowa. Yes, it is that, but it's so, LVCC's page. It's what? It's LVCC's page. Then why doesn't it say that? Well, because it... Because people LVCC. people think it's the City of Lakeview's page. Well, I'm just telling you it was designed for LVCC. Okay, then, then we should change it. Change that page? Change, change it so it's not the official city government page, is what I'm saying. I can go ahead and try, but you they give you designations to pick. You don't get to, you don't just write down city government. There's like so many things to pick from. Yeah. So I'll have to look and see what we can pick. I could change that out easy. It's not a big deal. Yeah. We have 7,000 people that follow that page. I did ask for, and I could, you know, I've talked with Connie about this and talked to Connie about that post from from last weekend, and uh, there's some stuff in your council packet about that, about Connie had provided some information about the followers and, and who follows that page. And uh, and really just, so we have 7,000 followers to this page. It's just amazing for a community with, that has, has 1,100 people. Well, in two years, it went from 5,000 to 7,000. Yeah, so the, the reach of this is, is, is huge. And just that if, you know, especially if, you're, if you would look at doing anything exclusively um, as a city page, and we'd have to start something new. And you, you start, you know, you start at zero and and work from there. I mean, we just have have this, which has been a, I think, been by and large a, a, a pretty good operations uh, a way that that we've operated this. And uh, I know that, uh, uh, so of course, there's there's opinions about about posts and whether things are are uh, appropriate or not. But uh, by and large, everything has been, I think. I think uh, pretty decent, but uh, and if there needs to be some additional rules about about what's what, we can look at the rules uh, as far as posting instead of. I, I just don't know that I want to look at starting from 
from ground zero. One of the things that, you know, I, I, since 2010 we started out here, started this community club, and, and one of the things that I pushed for is that we had to get somebody involved and dedicated to this thing. And this thing has evolved to the point where one person couldn't do anything. Right now we got Connie, she's doing the marketing, you know, and, and we got Adam doing the other one with getting people to volunteer. So we've really worked hard at, at building this up. And I, I think we should continue what we're doing. And I understand from talking to, mistake, it was yeah. just an honest mistake. It was and, an accident is what it was, but, you know. Like I said, if, if I ran it, it sure would be an accident because oh, yeah. I don't want to know nothing about what's going on when it comes to that <laughs> it kind of stuff. Accident. So it's important to realize that we, we've got a lot of quality people doing a lot of things, a lot more volunteerism. Mm -hmm. and like I said, 7,000 people is, uh, is nothing to sneeze at. So I think... Just like Chris, Chris is president of the yeah, LBC. Chris Rutherton, president of the Lakeview Community Club. I just have we had other concerns before this last weekend on our Facebook page. Has there been any negative comments? Just asking. Just well, as far as the community club page, there's two different pages, correct? Or no, no the, there's a page called Visit Lakeview that I started a few years ago. That is strictly tourism. It's kind of like advertisements. I put pictures of the lake, and it's just to entice people to come here. The other page is actually LBCC's page, and that's yeah. I guess I guess the reason I'm asking is if we've never had any negative comments on it until this mistake was made. The mistake was admitted to. It was retracted as soon as it was noticed. What are we talking about? Why are we? Why are we? You know, I think that's water under the bridge. There's been a promise to pay more attention to that and not let that mistake happen again. I, I mean, hey, to me... I got a question. I can't quite hear Connie for sure. There's, there's one page for Lakeview Community Club and there's one page for the City of Lakeview. Is that one up here or is that pages are combined? Well, no, they're two separate pages, but one is... It, it, it's just something that we started that says visit Lakeview and it's strictly for it's trying to entice people to come here so it's like advertisements on it it's just what do I want to say you know just like tourism it's tourism stuff is all it is and the other page is Lakeview's page but and it is also LBCC I, I, guess, I guess my my whole thing here is if you're able to get rid of the official city government part like it says on there. All right. Can I go for it? Can I speak? How many? Oh, okay. No, you go ahead. I you just wondered. Ahead. So there is two pages, you say. Right. How many followers does the Lakeview City page have? Seven thousand. Visit Lakeview has about two hundred. And the community clubs is so they're the That's same. That's the same one. The seven thousand is yeah. Actually, I handle both of them, but the one that we consider Lakeview Community Club yeah. has seven thousand. I, I, wanna, I was president way back when, so when we, way back when, to give you a little bit of history on Community Club, I came here 26 years ago. It was kind of a big social group. Um, Carnival was really the only big thing they did. Um, then Community Club really kind of sunk down. We were struggling. We had four or five people at a meeting. Whitey and Ben Schrader got on the council. 
and they started coming. John started coming, Scott started coming, and it made a whole difference. Community clubs started to grow. We started to add some new things. I was president about that time. Um, so in 2011, in 10, uh, 2009 in there, I was doing a ton of work. We all were that were on there, the people. So we decided we needed a paid employee. We hired Emily Bush. And Emily Bush brought marketing to the forefront. She created the, the LBC page, which is the page you're talking about with these 7,000 followers. Part of the problem, and I know I, Connie is more well-versed in this than I am, but Facebook titles your page in a category depending on the right. post you're doing. You don't get to pick something and it stays that way. So when LBCC, that's why we put all these business advertisements on there, is because that's how we sell the memberships. In the beginning, we had trouble getting the businesses to come on board, and they would say to us, well, what are you going to do for us? Here's one thing we're going to do for you. We're going to put your business out on social media. Connie will come take a picture, whoever it was at the time. That's how it all kind of started. And then the city, because we are a partnership, they... They agreed that we needed full-time or part-time people. They partnershiped with us on the salaries. Um, and then it, it kind of evolved. And it has been a good partnership. I think the council members saw at that time that we could do things for the city that they couldn't do as far as marketing. They didn't have the time to do the marketing, the social media posts. So the, the community club people, employees, did that. Then the city started putting things on there, like the water's off or whatever it might be. Flushing hydrants. Yeah. And Facebook then will pick up on things that are posted and decide what category you might be in. I'm not saying that's what happened, Dave. I don't really know. But it started out as a Lakeview Community Club page. And that's what it's always been. And I know it looks different now. And if you guys want to separate and not have a partnership anymore, and you want your own page, oh, that's fine. I, you know that that's doable. But I think at least you needed to understand how we got there and how it is a partnership between community club and the city of Lakeview. We have worked hard to partner with the city, so that's just a little bit of history. Can I say something, please? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I think that the Lakeview Community Club page does a lot of great things, no doubt about it. I think what Dave, unless I'm misunderstanding Dave, I think what he's trying to get at, we want to separate what the city is posting compared to what the community club is posting because of the separation. Now, i got a question. If we created a separate Lakeview, City of Lakeview page, and I understand the 7,000 plus followers, which is great, if we create a second page that Share it. I can share it, Dale. You no, know, because I, I too, I, I guess I'd hate to get rid of that, what you were speaking about, Vicki, I guess. Um, when I got negative comments messaged to me and then I looked at that page and there was five comments, negative comments to that, 
I guess, whether we continue on the same path or decide we were going to make our own page, um, we need to be very, very careful well, about the thing, I understand personal that. stuff being on there, whether it be um, the next day there was vote for me um, because of some pictures. Yeah, but that's a business. That's one of our businesses who pays. Yeah, see, I that's, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't say that in there. The only, you know what, that was, I've even doing, I have been doing this for eight years. That was but, the first time I ever made a mistake. Yeah. And they had changed the way you you well, put it to a I'm page, saying, and that's what happened. I'm just saying, when a mistake's made like that, the people that are on that page see that. Oh, I know they see that. And then we get called. Yeah, well. You know, Vicki, you, you were on the council before. You understand that. Um, so then, we have to discuss it. Well, in my mind, we have to discuss it because that's what people wanted us to do. But, but you I, have a good argument. You have a good argument. Well, it's a bigger step, I think, than you think. I mean, well, to create your own page and, and maintain it, maybe. Right. Maintaining it's going to be. Jane, hard. go ahead. Um, Jane Crawl, I think that um, uh, we must be very careful about switching things like this around on Facebook because. Who's saying that the 7,000 people will move around with you? I was in, um, I'm going to give you a testimonial about our Facebook pages. <clears throat> I was in a luncheon this afternoon in Des Moines with 240 retirees from the principal. People were coming up to me saying, I understand you're from Lakeview. That's that little town that's doing all this stuff. And they love the pictures of the lake. And I have a, a friend that I haven't seen for ages in Des Moines who just emailed me and said she saw a picture on Facebook and she says, now I'm coming to Lakeview. So you have to be careful when you move people around on Facebook because they won't always follow your movements. So let's not mess with the success we have based on one mistake. I don't know how many mistakes, horrible mistakes, I've made on Facebook just on personal things that I've had to take down real quick. You know, misspellings, wrong words. But it, it's very easy to do. So let's 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 be very careful with this. Yeah. One thing I want to say, you look at that sign behind K. Like View Iowa 2011 tourism. We must be doing something right. And we started that, and we, we built off that. And like I said, understand a mistake was made. It's not just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Connie, I go to all the LVCC meetings, and I want to congratulate you on helping Lakeview become what we are. Oh, thank you. That's true. We know who's pulling the triggers all the time. <laughs> Plus the millions in grants she's written. Yes, she is. <laughs> well, and you just see what Angie well, Bennett... I think it's time that we just have Connie, Connie look in to see if we can change that, like she mentioned earlier, to kind of maybe make that little bit of separation and see what happens and review it in six months or whatever. But, I, okay. you know, I, I, I guess I'd like to keep the same age. Yeah, we can, but I can just go in there you and know. see if I can find a different designation for it. I'll see what I can do. Lakeview Community... Yeah, but so we don't name it. We don't get to name. We need. We'll need to keep the same name at the top, Lakeview right. Blackhawk Lake. But there's a designation on there. I can see if I can do it. I don't. They, like I said, they give you a drop down to choose. So and then they go according to your post. They might yeah, change it. Yeah, they might. But I can try. I'll definitely try. Okay.
Katie, do you want to help do any of that? Shane's not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. I knew the answer before I asked. I mean, I'm sure she can learn. Um, it's just that she doesn't have a Facebook account and doesn't know how to do Facebook. Okay. All right, we'll move, we'll move on. All right. Okay, we're going to talk about the uh, resolution 2234 is our Lakeshore Drive reconstruction project. We have Jerry here. Any questions? We got the final plans and specs ready now, and uh, Scott has got this resolution uh, ready based on the the notice of hearing and letting that's in the specifications, which uh, calls for the January 12th uh, bid letting, and then uh, hopefully the bids will be acceptable and we'll be able to make an award at your January 16th uh, scheduled meeting. I think that's a holiday, but... <clears throat> Scott has told me you will we'll meet that day. Still planning to have that meeting. Derek, just a second. Just a second. Go ahead. Dale, Tammy, can you guys hear him? I'm sorry. You're How's that? I just want to just check with him. Normally, I got. I'm kind of told to quiet down. But. <laughs> well, we got the microphones for still on. Yeah. I want to make sure these guys can hear it. Sorry about that. You're fine. It's our technical problem. So anyway, we, we have, uh, <clears throat> I worked with Scott on picking out uh, December 28th as the date for the publication in your local paper. That complies with um, the days we have to be, I don't want to go into all the details, but we, we have, there's a different range of days for the letting and the hearing. Um, for the hearing, for example, we have to publish it at least four, but less than 20 days before the hearing. So we're at 19, so that fits right into that. Um, and then the, the letting has a little bit longer range. Um, we have to be, we can't be less than 13 days before the letting. So we have December 28th and, and um, January 12th, so we're like 15. So we're fine there, and we can't be more than 45. So there is one other date that, that we could publish if something would happen would be a week later, and we could still be all right. Sometimes you uh, run into a situation where you only have one date with your paper that works. So but Scott's guaranteed me he's going to well, take care well, of that. It, it'll be taken care of. Yep, and, for uh, sure. So then, then we'll be fine in that regard. And I passed out the cost estimate that's been tweaked a little bit since we last met and talked about this. It's still in the ballpark of, of where we were talking at um, about $141,000 estimated uh, construction cost uh, with total engineering um, on top of that uh, at about 15.9%. 22,000 is the estimate for that. So the estimated project cost that uh, we have on there now is 163,500, including engineering, and that's all the way through construction, inspection, and, and completion of the project. So 
hopefully the bids. Uh, I've already got a contractor from down our way from uh, Denison that's interested in it and looking at the plans and specs. And I want to talk to Scott about um, who he has in his file. Uh, like, for example, I think there was a contractor from Fort Dodge. Yeah, there's, we, we have a <coughs> so we want to list. Yeah. Want to get it out to all the, all the people that, especially that have worked here before, and then uh, you know pretty much cover all of West Central Iowa with the uh, plan houses and the different places where we put the notice. You'll have an inspector on site. Yeah, that's the plan. We would have an inspector on site. I just say the last inspector we had wasn't very good. Not you guys is the last project we did. The inspector was horrible. Just want to make sure that you got on our last. On no, our, oh, wasn't you guys? Thank you. A different one. <laughs> I just want to make sure yours is better than the last guy we had. He, he will be, or he'll be replaced. Uh, well, our our inspection guys, uh, we, we make sure they're here when there's work that's got to be paid for. We call it pay items being done, so it can be documented, and it, it not only documented, it's got to be done right. So. Just like the fellow, like the fellow that was worried about getting that curb in a straight line out there when we visited in the field, you know, those kind of things are automatic to the inspector because uh, sometimes we'll line it in with with the instrument, you know, as far as the forms, make sure things like that line up. And hey, John, I got a couple questions if I can. You bet. Go ahead. Yep. Are you on B5? B is in dog or B is in boy? Yeah, that's just to catch the sediment that might run down the hill in a heavy rain. Likely a straw tube, is that what you're thinking? Just a, a straw waddle? Nine inch diameter. Right, that waddle, yes. It's primarily, there, there's there's going to be a new curve along there, uh, Dale, and therefore there's, a, 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 with the new back of curve, it's higher than what you got out there now. That's just a little uh, four inch curve that can be jumped over. With the new curve, you're going to have about eight, nine inches uh, more of fill behind that curve and it's just got to be tapered down. Uh, okay. We're guessing around 15 to 20 feet and then seeded back down. But in the meantime, before that seed gets established, we need that waddle <coughs> down there to catch the sediment in case we get some heavy rains before the grass gets okay, started. And then my next question I was reading through here, Yes, we uh, talked with uh, Scott and uh, Dean, I was going to say Dave, <laughs> about that, and Dean determined that, uh, yes, the water main, it would be a good idea to replace the two-inch water main at this time before we put new seven-inch concrete over the top of it, because it's... And, a, and I assume we're doing the same with the 
The sewer, yes, the, the sewer, sewer manhole. The sewer manhole, but the sewer itself, we had it cameraed and it looks just fine. Compaction. You're going to make sure that's compacted right because we've got issues in the past. And on the manhole? Well, no, I'm going to make sure yeah. it's all packed. So, uh, yes, we have, uh, Your Honor. So, we have, John, maybe explain that what we had on our last three projects because of the compaction into those tapes through somebody's uh, private sewer line before it hit the lane. Yes. Just a. Uh, after we went all through all this, they said we should have compacted and put different dirt like three, four feet down and packed it. And, and we have we have compaction on a trench. We have a detail, uh, one of the standards that's called out for uh, trench compaction. That's got to meet. We call it ninety-five percent of uh, standard proctor. <clears throat> that simply means they got to hit it in the field at least ninety-five percent of what they can do in a laboratory. Okay, so it's it's got to be pretty good. And, and, and that, they assured us they had the compaction right, but it, they did not. That, that tear up a bunch of sections, it was a, not a good thing. I, and I know exactly what you mean because part of this job, uh, the alternate add-on to this job is replacing some of those panels on the south end that are broken. Right. Yeah. And we speculated that maybe the subgrade wasn't right because it, uh, that's normally how they get broken like that right. when when the subgrade isn't right. compacted right. But that's part of the inspection. Yeah. The construction supervision is going to monitor all that. And I, I can't certify to you that the project's been completed according to the contract unless I make sure we've got the tests in the field to prove it. I'm not saying you're going to make any mistakes. I'm just saying the last guy made a ton of them. Yeah, I, I appreciate your question. Yeah, I just I, I just have one question on that. How confident are you in the estimate? Because we we've just been burned by yes. Okay, I, I, I gathered that. The comments earlier about the 29 30 percent. We're we're pretty confident about it because I've uh, the contractor that I've been visiting with from uh, Denison. It's a ten point construction. <clears throat> Actually, on the uh, number four concrete, which is our biggest item, mm -hmm. I'm using $78 a square yard, and that's that's a pretty hefty price. But uh, he, he shot a number at like he didn't see how it could be any higher than 76. So that's an item I'm pretty confident in. The rest of them, we're we're confident that we're at least you know, uh, average or above with that number from the different projects we've done in the last five, ten years. We keep uh, keep a data log on, uh, on all the prices and kind of keep track of how they've been going up. And, uh, that what is our completion date in this contract to have it completed by? Okay, so the completion date is May 27th. Okay. It has a 45-day construction period, late start date of March 20th, and then the completion date is May 27th, which, of course, then is just right before uh, Memorial Day. So, so that's the plan is the 45 days there beforehand it would be the construction period.
then? <clears throat> to do it in the fall instead of the spring? Or give them the option. Well, uh, we, my understanding is you want you want them done by Memorial Day. Well, we're hoping to have it done by Memorial Day to, to not upset the traffic and the tourism. Right. That was. I, I get that, but you're you're putting that tight window in there. We could be limiting ourselves to bidders, to one or two bidders, and again, now we're looking at 30, 40 percent more than what the engineer estimate is. Especially when I just heard the comment, we went back five to ten years on these costs. A lot of things have changed in the last yeah, 15 to 24 months on costs. Just thinking about it here, I can. I think we can probably allow them to start before March 20th. And I think that's what you're saying. You got underground, you got water main and sewer work that's gotta be done first. It doesn't have to be the best of conditions to do that work. So I can look my at- point, my, my point is some of these contractors are already booked up in the spring and can't bid on it because they're booked out already. And interested in it, we've had ten point many times. I, I'm confident they can get it done. I guess with just what's the uh, input from the council? Then, if we if we would look at this and say we'd still have 45 day construction period, but the uh, uh, but the completion date may very well be in the fall, or you'd say there's there's a uh, a limited construction time. You'd have 45 day con construction, but you just simply saying you may not construct during the heart of the summer months. You know, any... What if we let them start earlier? Would that help? <clears throat> That's what I want to look at, is letting them start earlier. Let them start earlier. We don't and, care. Um, but we have the opportunity well, I know we don't care about starting earlier, but what about the companies that are already booked up earlier? That's my yeah. point. So you're eliminating your bidders. So if you do the later starting in a 45-day working window, you get more bidders. Keep it more in line. I'll look into that. At least if we send it off the bridge, we're going to know. We can always turn them down and. Well, that was going to be yeah. yeah. We need to have that decision has to be made before we send out notices. I mean, that's all part of the notice. Unless we send it out, comes into the price we want. I'll do some more research on that and get back with Scott and Dean on our time. Oh no! This is this is going to be. I'm not. I'm not favoring one contractor. Everybody's on board with that. We're going to work on some different type of of uh, uh, timing on this. It'll still save 45 days, but when, you know whether the construction occurs in the spring or whether the construction uh, occurs even during the fall, 
Will will come up with with what a uh, an extended time period would, would be there, but it still have a forty five day construction period. Um, when we and we can still do this. You can still make those changes. I guess just know that as we met with the with the citizens down there, we told them what was what it was anticipated there would be done before Memorial Day. Right. And it and it could still be. You know, if we get the contractor who wants to do it right there in the spring, but. If we have a, a late completion date in the fall, it could potentially be later than two. You're going to impact the, the okay, RV and beast. Can we put a stipulation in the bid that what your working dates are and then we can choose when the bids come in? Meaning we put that time frame, spring or fall or whatever, and two different companies come in at 130,000, 100, 130,000, 200. I would tend to say yes, Dale, that I'd, I'd agree with that. So the council want to move forward? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It, so we, we look want, at... I don't want to store up any longer than, for the residents than we have to, but I also want to make sure we get the best bang for a buck and redo that street and the water lines. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, the other thing I think is just as we think about accessibility down there, and know the like the uh, um, that rental house down there of uh, Schaefer's had, had come up, and you know, there's we will have some uh, some kind of funky access there, and and basically allow the the traffic to travel the wrong way on that one way street. So folks still do have access to some of them, and really there's. Uh, Two or three, potentially four, I think, residents who would just not have access. So we'll, <clears throat> but we'll work on that. 45-day construction period, but the expect that the uh, completion date will be later. So we have a motion on 2234. I'll, I'll make a motion on 2234 that we put it out to bid with that change in the construction dates of a 45-day completion period and not be a tour of over water fireball where they have the option to go before or after that. Okay. Second? We'll second. Roll call. Okay, Beckman. Yes. Frank. Yes. Oldman. Yes. Steinkamp. Yes. Motor. Yes. We'll, we'll come up with that exactly with the, what the yeah. verbiage will say there. We'll I'll get back. Get it rolling. Sounds good. Yep. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thank oh. Can I get the mayor sign? Yep. Thank you. 
Okay, resolution 2235 is a police contract. Yeah, so we had uh, discussed this at the last council meeting about that potential extension of the Wally Police Agreement. The uh, City of Wally has approved that amendment number eight to the uh, to the police contract, and really all that does is extend the time period for for eight years and the uh, financial uh, arrangement. The the amount paid then is based upon that same uh, formula that we've used to compute that here for the past couple of years. So. Uh, well, Lake has agreed to this, and we're ready for Lakeview action. We did have that discussion on um, the hours that are over and above what's in the contract, and you guys did say that it's more we could control it better or, or um, keep track of it better. Yeah. So that we could bill them? We haven't, yeah, we're, we haven't keeping track. I mean, we got all the numbers, so... But I think we need to be billing them for the hours over and exceeding... Yeah, I'm, I'm not the finance guy, so you well, don't talk to Scott on that. I'm saying it's in a contract. We should be enforcing it. Yes, we'll we can take a look at the hours, Mike, and see where that's, see where that's at. We uh, historically have not. not I, I know you haven't, but why, why, why is it in here if you aren't doing it? Because, well, I mean, to be honest, there are months where we could be under. So then what, are we going to give a, a refund if we're, you know, if we're not over there as much? I mean, I think you got to look at it, you know, at, at the end of the year, what's the total amount and how is that comparing, you know, rather than go by month by month. That's just my, my opinion. We do spend less time there in the summer because we, we do get tied up here a lot. Yeah. So sometimes that 20 hours a week real hard to come by in Wall Lake because we've got water carnival and things like that. We just can't get down there as much as we need to. So there is some variance in how it, much yeah, time it, it, it fluctuates throughout the year. So, so what you're saying, it kind of upsets. It does. It's, for the most part, I mean, uh, like I said, we unless we sit down and actually look at all the numbers for the year, and, you know. But you can get you can get a total and give it to Scott at the end of the year. Yeah, I can get them for the past year. I can get whatever, yeah, the numbers from the past year that we've been there. Well, we can figure out what we're going to do, yeah. Make it clear from back to everybody. Yeah. We have a motion to approve 2235. So I'll, I'll second. Roll call. We beat you, Tammy. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, Walter. Yes. Frank. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Muller. Yes. Okay. Great, thanks. Boulder's Development's looking for a tax write-off. Yeah, so this uh, the tax form is in your packet. It's it's from the Boulder's uh, Boulder's Development Group, and what this does, it's a non-cash uh, charitable contribution for the uh, the amount of uh, of their assessed valuation from that property sale, uh, which is above the the sale price. So we bought that property for fifty thousand dollars. They did get an appraisal. From this appraiser out of Knoxville, and appraises at four hundred forty thousand. Now the the issue had come up about this, about uh, the fact that there is an option to repurchase that land, and and does that does that come into to practice, or uh, is that a, in effect somehow? And so we had uh, the city attorney look at that, and and 
Cave does respond that he says that he does approve of the execution of the acknowledge of the charitable contribution and uh, and approve of this form 8283 it says um, that if there's this other form 8282 which is filed by the city then if it sells or disposes of this donated property within three years of receipt so actually we've already owned the property for coming up on a, on close to a year I think we bought that in February and and then uh, certainly don't have any intention I think of of uh, selling the property back here within the next couple of years. I think that's not going to be an issue, but if it if it does happen, then there's this other form to fill out. No, he's in uh, Arizona. City staff doing that on of our of the the own volition about signing that uh, that that tax. Uh, so, so, that tax. So, so we have a meeting in two weeks. Can we just? I, I would like to table so I can hear it from Dave. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, we we'll move on to health insurance. We have Linda here to give us any good news there is. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for coming, those that are staying. Health insurance route. Yeah. Hey, oh, guys. You don't want to hear about bike health insurance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live wherever I don't need it. Okay. Um, I, guess I, I will ask, Linda. I'd ask that you speak very loud because the okay. folks on, right. on the phones are going to have okay. something. <laughs> Or, or maybe you can just grab that microphone next okay. to you. Okay, well, I can stand up there. It's not a problem. Um, I wasn't sure how much you had shared with them as far as, you know, the rate increase. Um, are we on? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, why we did have a, a tough renewal. Um, claims came in at um, 375000 436 and that was as of August 31st so claims were definitely up um, it, it was a tough renewal um, we had um, the insurance company bases large claims on anything over 10,000 we had eight over 10,000 and for a small group that's that's quite a few um, Scott and I had been visiting in regard to different options. You guys are on a, a grandfathered plan. It doesn't mean it's a bad plan. It simply means it's a plan you've had for a very long time. Um, and the Affordable Care Act, ACA, Obamacare, you know, there's a lot of nicknames out there for it. Um, there are, it brings to the table some good things, too. Um, 
the wellness benefits. You can have your annual physicals and all of these things, vaccines. These are all going to be paid at 100% with no cost share to you. So moving over to the Affordable Care Act, the newer plan, if you will, um, can give us some, some definitely some good benefits. We had talked, Scott and I have been visiting, um, and I'm not sure, Scott, have you shared with them the PPO versus HMO? Just that it's in, it's in their council package. Okay, you know, as okay. As what, what is in your one-page explanation of the difference. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm going to go ahead and... Um, Dale, Jimmy, can you hear? Barely. Okay, I can talk louder. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. I don't know if I can turn that mic up or not. I think that's what I'm Say, you may just want to stand just right here and okay. just have an, an okay. intimate conversation. <laughs> okay. That's I just want to make sure the council can hear. Do you guys want one of these? Yes, talking about different options that we could we could bring in. Um, you did help me. Sorry. Oh, I'm Sorry about that, guys. So um, I wanna I want to touch right now on HMO versus PPO. It's, it's network, and um, an HMO is a health maintenance organization, um, and with that type of a plan, you are going to be state-based, if you will. Um, I do a lot of group coverage, and most employers are stepping into this um, network simply because there's some decent premium savings. Um, yeah, um, back in the 80s, you might have heard HMO, and it kind of had a, an ugly, um, <coughs> left an ugly taste in your mouth because, you know, you were so, so limited. Well, now, with the HMO, and you'll see that tucked in your folder there, um, in the state of Iowa, 100% of all hospitals and 90%, 97% of all doctors participate with an HMO. So um, when you say, is it a skinny down plan? No, it's truly network. And so let's say that you guys decide to offer an HMO. Um, what it would mean is if you were, you took the HMO, you're right here in the state of Iowa. Let's say that you took your family and you went skiing in Colorado. Um, God forbid you slipped and you broke your leg. That's an emergency situation, so it's going to, going to be paid just like you were in your own backyard. But let's say that you had the family out there in Colorado and, and somebody woke up, one of the kids woke up with an earache or a sore throat. That's not an emergency situation, so no, that wouldn't be covered out in Colorado. I've got something else that would take care of that called Doctor On Demand. It's basically talking to a doctor online 
that you could be anywhere you wanted, and Walmart Blue Cross Blue Shield provides this at just a copay. So believe me, I'm used to working with groups. Um, I want to make sure that they're covered in every sense of the word, um, but I also want to make sure that we can see the savings that we're seeing with an HMO. So again, HMO, in the state of Iowa, you could see 97% of all doctors. If we're out of the state, it's going to be an emergency situation only. So there's the difference. PPO, preferred provider, and that's what you have now. You could basically see any doctor um, with a PPO plan. And it, it does provide more flexibility, but with that flexibility comes cost. So, so with the HML plan, if I needed to go to Rochester for anything, that's not covered? If you need, let's say, and I do this all the time, it's referred to as an appeal. Let's say, God forbid, somebody got a diagnosis, and um, it's, you know, it's not a good diagnosis. If, if there wasn't a doctor in the state of Iowa that could do this, this um, let's say, surgery, it's a, it's a cancer surgery, and, you know, the only doctor that does it is in Mayo. Um, then I've won appeals, and I've gotten that taken care of. What if you don't win? If you don't win, they're going to say, you know what, there's Dr. So-and-so in Iowa City. There's Dr. This one that's going to provide that same surgery. Um, so, no, we're not going to do the Mayo. But what if the best doctor available that you have been referred to is in Mayo? If, if somebody else can do that same surgery, then you're probably not going to win the appeal. So what if we have somebody on our plan right now whose cancer doctor is in Mayo? And we switch plans, what happens to them and their cancer doctor? Because it's true. It's true. I it's understand. true. I understand. Um, we could run into an issue. Scott and I were just visiting before um, the meeting started tonight. Um, I believe me, we've given great thought to options. And we do have the option. You guys are large enough that you could offer both. You could offer an HMO and a PPO plan. So because they're always going to be somebody that's uncomfortable um, with the PPO, you know, not having the PPO stepping into the HMO. But I can tell you, when you're looking at the numbers that we're looking at, the premium dollar anymore is just, I've done this for 35 years. I remember when you could see a, a single policy for, for under $500, and that's not the case anymore. So, um, as far as the HMO, PPO, if, if there's another doctor that's, going, that's capable of doing that procedure, then no, you're not going to win the appeal. But um, I, I won it when, guess what, there's only one doctor that does it, and they're in Houston, Texas. Um, then that's exactly where they went. Looking at this other information, so the grandfather plan that we're on, that's... We don't have to give that up. We're not required to give that up right now. No, you're we're not doing. required to give it so up. So my concern, I was looking at the ER visits. Um, I have one up in Mason City. My deductible was $150. <clears throat> That's what I paid. It's either the 25 or 30% or $700 for these new plans. No, we're, we're quadruple it. Someone's, and, and someone's an individual's cost if they have to go to the ER instead of paying 150 like I did. Now i got to pay 700 Maybe i got to pay $1,000 to go to the ER because I had something that happened on a Sunday and no doctors are open, and, so I have to go to the ER. And, boy, that, that is a big deal. That's huge. And I'm going to stand here and say, you guys are so blessed to have urgent cares that are located in Fort Dodge 
and Carol. An urgent care would be a basic $20 copay. Um, you know, I, I work with claims all the time, and, and believe me, I've been in emergency situations when you don't think two times. If it's an emergency situation, God forbid something's awful, you're headed to the ER. But I'm saying when, when ER isn't necessary, when we don't have to have an emergency room, and we could use the urgent care, wow, is it a savings. And it's not just savings to you with what you're paying, but it's savings to the whole group. When, when I'm talking about the, our claims were so high last time. So, I get that. My mom, my mom worked in the ER for 13 years, so we don't go to the ER unless we have to. Exactly. Uh, or unless we're dying. Exactly. Or nothing else gotcha. available. So it, I get it's a that bit side like that it. in our house, but, too. But when you have to go to the ER, I mean, that, that sticker shock of we're 150 oh, for, a deductible, for our deductible or our payment now versus 700 or even 1,000, I mean. See, I guess, I guess it, it would, would address that, you that right. the, uh, the benefit level to the employee is set. The benefit level to the employee stipulated. At, at least in, in the union uh, agreement, and it's been it's stipulated in our personnel policy. You know, the, the employee sees that $600 deductible. The employee sees a $50 uh, ER copay. So even that one time, you were reimbursed 100 bucks difference on that. Right. Same thing, the, the uh, employee benefit level doesn't change. Okay. So what that does, though, is really affects the amount of partial self-funding that the city's is paying. So that's why I ran all these scenarios that are in the council packet about the dollars. And you know really when it when you get down to this, <clears throat> the uh, uh, the only time that, that there is any significant savings through these Walmart uh, uh, programs is when you look to make that change away from a PPO to an HMO. And then if I have ran what the equivalent partial self-funding cost would be for the city then also based upon those higher uh, deductibles and, and oftentimes higher co-insurance, higher out-of-pockets. Uh, out okay? So based upon the actual usage for the year, you can see what that would be. With one, uh, one note to you there, and it's that, the highlighted box at the bottom, plus uh, additional ones for, for office co-pays for visits and prescriptions that we have we do not partial self-fund that difference on that now and, and if it uh, if it became a larger difference on that uh, we would end up partial self-funding that um, so and really the other the other comment that, that we would have is uh, is the the deal about going from a PPO to an HMO and uh, how that would affect things in regards to our union contract. Um, you know, our, our policy that we have is stipulated in the, uh, in the union contract. And, uh, again, the way to see any potential significant uh, savings here is, is through this HMO, but in order to make that change, I would contend, and I know the union agrees that this is something that would be bargained to go to the uh, HMO. And yeah, you know, I just didn't find that in the, in the uh, agreement, Dale. You know, it's 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 just not there. But it, we would reopen if we wanted to look at this HMO. Uh, we would we would have to uh, have to open the bargaining on. It. We definitely need to take more time to look at this. I mean, if it, 
Oh, definitely. How much time do we have? <laughs> Not a lot. We have to make a decision. I have to have it keyed in by the 15th. Oh, December? December, yeah. Oh. This, is a, this is a January 1. And, and what happens if we don't make a decision by that time? Mm, um, they're going to want to renew. Um, we could probably go ahead and renew and make changes. You know, I've done that before. I didn't. Because uh, you could cancel the policy. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We'll have a grandfather policy. If we, they allow to start over, it won't be grandfathered. No, no, no. Once we step away from a grandfather, then we're done. Then we're done. Mm -hmm. Because I think we need to look at this very carefully. We need to discuss it a little bit more. Thirty-two percent. If we have to have a special meeting because of it, we have to have a special meeting. So what's the price of the we grandfather in when we stop and then start over? If we, we stop and start over, our our only. I'm so sorry. It'll go up more than thirty-two percent. No, no, no. It's it's a different plan. Um, these plans here on the side are, you know, the, the plans that Scott had worked with and had shown the difference price-wise. Um, I wanted you to see, for instance, the first one you're looking at there, Enhanced Blue Primary, and you're going to see the HMO versus PPO. And um, I was trying to get as close to your current, you have a 2,000 deductible, 4,000 out-of-pocket max, okay? This one is 2,500 um, with an out-of-pocket max of 5,650. And in Scott's quotes, or Scott's information, you're going to see that he was um, buying that down, if you will, you know, looking at the difference. Um, but you can see there, it's in the blue, and that's, those numbers, about halfway down, it says monthly premium. So you're going to see that first one, HMO. And that, it's not a fair shot because some of your, some of your people on your plan are retirees. So you're not paying that premium. Um, but you'll see with everybody on there, 14639 36 And then slide over to the end where you're looking at 17157 the only difference is network, HMO versus PPO there. So, you know, you can see some decent savings. Um, another option that um, we could look at, but even just as Scott said earlier, to see the savings that we're wanting to save, we have to step away from the PPM, PPO and go HMO, or we're just not seeing those numbers. Even if even if we bump the deductible off. Haven't we Scott in the past seen big increases and big decreases in our insurance? We've yeah, we've seen we've certainly seen some big increases. We've seen a couple of substantial uh, you know, it, whether it's no no increase or even a little decrease over yeah. time. And in the year before we were at it too. Um, yeah. the claims hurt us this year. Really um, I went um, back to Walmart, I, I call it underwriting, where they're looking at your claims. Um, just to see, because we have removed some employees, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, let's just make sure 
if it's perhaps somebody that we've removed from the policy, maybe they were high claims people. It wasn't the case um, on that. So, you know, we, we basically are looking at the claims. Those people are still on the, on the policy. you could offer two plans. You could offer a PPO plan and an HMO plan.
Dale, Jimmy, can you make that meeting after the fire meeting? I'll be there. Okay. Jimmy? I will plan to, yes. Okay. It'll be clear as mud. All right. Well, let's, let's plan on that. We'll meet again next month. Okay. Like I say, it'll probably be 8 o'clock-ish. So when, when you show up and nobody's here, we'll be meeting at the fire station to start with is what's happening. Okay. And then okay. we'll, we'll okay. come over here afterwards. All right. And, and it won't last long. 8.30 is my bedtime. So. <laughs> I understand. Okay. So I'm going to, Scott, I'm going to put together some of those higher deductibles. Great. Just yep. to, and I'll have those for you in the morning so that you have time to pick them apart. Yeah, we need them to be hard because we're going to go to negotiations and, and can't have no gray areas, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there is there other, is there other, are those costs of Blue Shield by far the best something to stick with, correct? It is, it is. Um, we are so limited anymore. There is Aetna is another one. Aetna, um, Aetna is going to require us to do applications. Simply means you go back and you answer the health questions. And I believe we have an issue with perhaps one of the, that you were talking about earlier, the Mayo issue, so that bothers me. That could probably get us a complete decline if, if it's as serious as I think it is. Um, United Healthcare is another one. Um, I've been running a lot of quotes with them. They have not been coming in very competitive, but it's, it never hurts to look. But there again, um, you know, we're going to have to hurry. But, but can't we reinstate this and then, like you say, cancel it into January? Exactly. And, but exactly. Yes. I like the thoughts on that. It gives us more time to, you know, okay, fine, we're going to renew, um, but guess what? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if we can sit tight for a week here. Revisit this again next Monday, and okay. if, if need be, that we would have a uh, we would renew with the understanding that we're looking at different options. Yeah, yes. and um, renew with the option of of um, I would love the opportunity, even even um, with Aetna, and do the applications. What's the, you know if we get told no, we get told no. It's not. Um, and Scott, you and I had talked about possibly. Um, Offering, you know, those up somebody a retiree. I do this all the time, where you know maybe look at individual coverage because they can keep your keep your claims from being so high too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. So I got a question. So uh, if we switch to HMO, is there going to be a lapse of coverage or anything? No. Okay. No. 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 Okay. It would just slide right over. And we get to keep our doctors we have now in state. Or? Um, I I can't imagine that you would have to change doctors. There's like I said, 97 percent of all doctors participate in Iowa, so it's it's it would be tough to find somebody that didn't. What's next? We'll see you next week. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Our electric cost survey. Yeah, just on this electric cost of service study, we had received those proposals at the last council meeting. We did want to have a, uh, a, a cost estimate <coughs> excuse me, from DGR before we would, would make a decision. That cost estimate was in your packet. It, they, they gave a couple of different 
um, different proposals there about whether it's just financial work or, or whether whether it would get a little bit more in-depth. And really what, what they're looking at there <clears throat> deals a lot more with rate structure. And my discussions with them have been uh, not necessarily that we want to look at uh, at changing rate structure, but that we would, would just look at the current rates that we have and, and how they how they might need to be adjusted. But uh, they will suggest that we might want to take a look at rate structure. We have a what they call a, a, a declining block uh, rate scale to where, like for our, for our commercial users, when you use 2,000 kilowatt hours, just over that, the uh, the rate per kilowatt hour drops, and and you know, and their argument uh, will will be just industry wide. You know that that is just really out of fashion with the idea that it's actually the other way around that you might have have. Uh, smaller rates at, at the beginning, but as you as you continue to use more, it gets it gets more expensive. There, it has to do with uh, in, encouraging conservation. So they that they would really run some different scenarios on that. Um, when you I guess when you dive right down to it, their cost estimate was very much in line. DGRs was really in line with what NMPP was. We're going to look at this as a. Uh, you know, rates as far as the stability of the utility, but also how it incorporates that um, system study that was done and, and the, the needed improvements that we'd be looking at. You say the, the different difference in cost is uh, potentially nothing or, or, or very, very little. Like I said, just would recommend we go with DGR so we keep everything in that one, one house and we're looking at that. Uh, <laughs> Fourteen. We we did rates in fourteen. You did a rate study in fourteen. Yes, I believe so. Did we've done? That's the last one. Yep. And what action was taken at that time? It increased increased electric rates. Our expenses were up, so we had to raise the rates. And we, at that last one, we uh, NMPP did that last study for us. And it, there was also. Okay, so, I'm questioning my, question myself. Uh, do we need a rate study done to do this, or do we do this in house to save the fiscal work of eight to ten thousand, or twelve to fifteen thousand on this one? But I'm looking at rate. You know what our cost is going to be. So that's what our rate, and we know what our cost has been, and what our rates have been. What our new rates need to be to adjust the cost increase? Yeah, it just seems to me, you know, we've, <clears throat> pardon me, it's, uh, it's such a big deal and, and dealing with such a lot of money. Yeah, I would like a little professional assistance on this to make sure it's done right. It's easier to sell the public to. It's a lot easier to sell the public than we've done it with an outside third party instead of us just making a guess. Council like to do? Our DGR? They they were at, at their lower one the fiscal work was eight to ten thousand or the one where they reviewed the class and structure was at twelve to fifteen. What's the other one? Twelve five. 